Yeah, Fiona is a bit of an enigma um, when it comes to reading. Um, you think you know, you think you know them, and then you're like, oh, but wait a second. Welcome to Keep It Fictional, a weekly podcast for book lovers by book lovers. Build your to-be-read list with Sadie, Liz, Virginia, Fiona, and Kareen from the Port Moody Public Library. Warning, this podcast contains strong opinions and may cause an increase in your library holds list. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another very very special episode of Keep It Fictional podcast from the Port Moody Public Library. I am, of course, once again joined by my wonderful book friends today. And the reason that this is a very special episode, you may have tuned into a couple of these in the past. These are the episodes where the four, four of our book friends pick out and recommend a book for our fifth book friend. So four people pick out four books to recommend to one of us. Now, the catch is that these books cannot be in that person's reading wheelhouse. So we're trying to find something that they would not necessarily gravitate towards on the shelf, but we don't want them to hate it. We actually really, really want them to like it. Uh, so we're trying to find something that might not be in their specific reading taste, but that they are going to enjoy nonetheless. Now, today is all about Fiona! It's a Fiona Palooza, a Fiona Ganza, a Fiona Gala, and as Liz came up with, a Fiona Fest as well. So it is a very exciting day that is all about Fiona. Now, before I talk to my colleagues about how their experience was with picking out books for Fiona, I did a little bit of research for this episode and I went back to our very first keep it fictional episode to hear how Fiona described their reading habits. So on that first episode, we each picked five words that we would use to describe the kinds of books that we enjoyed reading. The five words that Fiona chose. So Fiona's words were emotional, earnest, hashtag own voice, educational, and quirky. And they said they don't necessarily read a genre. They're just looking for a book that gives them that feeling. Does it give me that feeling? Uh, so these are a few of the things that Fiona has said are what, what kind of books that they enjoy reading. Now, going further into that, they said that they like memoir and biography, Indigenous lit, LGBTQIA lit, realistic fiction, character-driven, and graphic novels. Now, one of our most contentious points that came about 30 seconds into our first episode is that Fiona revealed they do not like genre fiction. Now, as I was listening to this episode and as I was thinking back on some of the books that Fiona has brought forward over the last year and a half or however long it has been since we started this podcast, I feel like there have been some genre fiction. So I think that Fiona has started expanding 
maybe a little bit what they've decided to start reading. They have been going into the genres a little bit more and we might have to ask, maybe enjoying genre fiction. Maybe just a little bit of genre fiction that they enjoy. So I'm curious to my colleagues, were these all terms that that you use to kind of help you choose your books for Fiona? Were you thinking about any of these ideas or or what else were you thinking about as you selected your Fiona book? Thanks. Uh, Virginia, what do you think? Um, yes, definitely took some of those, like the I hate genre fiction thing. Definitely took that. Um, because I remember like that same debate that we had in the very first episode. So definitely took that. I have to say picking for Fiona was probably uh, like the most fun, even though it's still very stressful, but it was a lot of fun because when I was picking books for all three of you, I was looking around the shelves. I'm like, ooh, that could be a good Fiona book. Ooh, that could be a good Fiona book. Like, like I keep coming up with so many Fiona ideas because I think like you just never know what Fiona likes, even though she like they have listed out the things that they like and not like. But like you said, Sadie, sometimes that may not really match the books that they have talked about in this episode. You know, we all know Fiona like Kenlet, you know, Indigenous Lit, LGBTQ, like, yeah, we got that. But then like, they keep talking about these YA rom-com, even though they keep saying, oh, I don't really like like, you know, romance, but they keep talking about it, not only in books, but then they go watch the Netflix adaptations. Like, who does that? Fiona, apparently. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe they do. They do really, they do have like a very big variety. And then like, you know, there'll be stuff like, I remember uh, them talking about Woman's World, that graphic novel. And then like, how they were thinking that like the part about the mall cop with Paul Black was so funny. And I'm like, does that mean you watch mall cop? Like, what? What is going on? So I'm like, so like, I, I love like, you know, finding out that every episode, I feel like you find a more, a little bit about more. And then you're like, wait, that doesn't, where is that in the Venn diagram? That doesn't fit. What's going on? So I think that's why it makes it quite fun to pick for Fiona, but also make it really hard because it's like, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, when I think about a word to describe Fiona as a reader, what I came up with was wild card. You never know what it's going to be. Because like Fiona's not really a genre reader as much, is more like a format, either like graphic novels or short. <laughs> short is good. <laughs> Short. Yeah, but it's always, and I, I love, I love Sadie that you went back to that first episode to choose the words that they chose to kind of like describe themselves with. And quirky is definitely kind of like high up on that list. So when I actually chose this book very, very quickly, because I was like, oh, it's quirky. It's a little bit weird. It's kind of like, I can see why they might be interested. And uh, yeah, it's a little, little out of the ordinary. So when I think of Fiona, it's always like a little bit out of the ordinary. Yeah, Fiona is a bit of an enigma um, when it comes to reading. Um, you think you know, you think you know them and then you're like, oh, but wait a second. You know, they just talked about this graphic book about murder in an audio format too. And it's like, okay, well, they like audiobooks, but 
I mean, to listen to something like that, I think I was having a conversation with Corrine, like when you, when you hear details, sometimes it's just so much more visceral than when you read it on a page because you have more control over how you're reading it. So I feel like instead of the Venn diagram for Fiona, like I almost think more of a flow chart. So depending on what she's feeling like any given day, like, you know, maybe, oh, do you feel like this today? Okay, no, then go here. And then do you feel like that? Yes, no. And like, they could go anywhere with this. Like on, on any given day, they'll end up on square A and then another given day, they'll end up on square Z. So uh, I think that's one of the great things about Fiona as a reader. Uh, just this, hey, let's see where this reading adventure takes us kind of an attitude. And I think that's great. Yeah, I definitely agree. I like that word, an enigma, a reading enigma. I think that describes Fiona. Yeah. Excellent. So now that we've kind of discussed a little bit about how we approach this and how the process was, I'm very curious what books we selected for Fiona. And I'm sure Fiona is also very curious who selected which book, although I'm pretty sure they said that they are very confident that they know who picked which book. So we will see how accurate the predictions have been never know. Sometimes there is a wild card that gets thrown in there. You never know. Um, so, uh, Kareem, did you want to start? You said that you kind of knew your book quite quickly. What book did you select for Fiona? Yeah, it's actually a book that I picked out. I put it on hold before it arrived at the library for this purpose. I had pre-selected this book um, as soon as I knew it was coming out and had heard about it and was like, okay, this is the book that I am going to recommend to Fiona. And from the outside, as you were going through the, your lovely list of all the things that Fiona likes to read, I was like, oh yeah, this hits none of them. So good job on that. But on the descriptors, it is definitely educational. It is definitely quirky and it is very, very earnest. So I chose a book about urban design. <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. So this book is based on the podcast 99% Invisible, which is all about uh, by, with Roman Mars, who is the host of this and now has a host of researchers and people working for him to kind of produce this, but kind of looks at the hidden world of design. So you might look at a stop sign and be like, oh yeah, it's a stop sign. It's always been a stop sign. Like that's what a stop sign looks like. And he's like, uh, 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 uh. but there's so much more going on with this stop sign. Why is it the shape that it is? Why is it the font that it is? Why is it white writing on red? And what's the history of stop signs in other countries? So he really digs deep on these small little nuggets of ideas that we all take for advantage, that we just kind of assume that is the way that a stoplight looks like. That is why we have... Um, pedestrian crossings or zebra crossings and why they're painted on the ground. Like, I think that he has such an interesting approach to design. And every time I listen to the podcast, I learn something new about the world around me. And that is why I chose the kind of tie-in book, The 99% Invisible City, A Field Guide to the Hidden World of Everyday Design by Roman Mars and Kurt Kolstead. Because I think that 
Fiona has an eye for design. We know that they are very artsy, very crafty, that aesthetics are important. Color design and choice is important. So I feel like they would really appreciate a book about design that's not necessarily like an arts and craft thing, but on like this big macro level of how to design a city and all these kind of like interesting little nuances and details that, that we don't really know the history about. Um, it is a longer book, but it's also kind of divided into little chunks. So I thought, okay, it's kind of almost like a coffee book that you can pick up one little chapter and just kind of leaf through it. And then I, we know that Fiona doesn't always read things from start to finish. It's fine. But it could be something that you could like dip in, dip out, see what you're interested in and kind of move around that book. Kind of like you said, Liz, like in a little bit of a flow. It's a book that you can kind of flow with. So I thought that that really kind of meshed with Fiona's personality. So yeah, this is, I, I felt that this was a good match for Fiona. I know that like nonfiction is not always their jam. And it's, it's kind of a little bit out there, but I felt like there was enough little appeal factors in there that, that it might work. It might work. Excellent. Thank you so much, Karine. I'm very, very curious. And I love when you said like, hear me out. That sounds like you're channeling Fiona because that's usually what Fiona does on this show. So yeah. Yes. Again, wild card. <laughs> always a wild card. Always like a bit of a rogue. Fiona's always going to zag on you. Always going to zag. So I, I tried, I tried to imbue that spirit. Imbue the zag spirit. I like it. All right, Liz, what book did you select for Fiona? Okay. First I'll tell you the book that I didn't select, but uh, Fiona, if you're listening, there's no such thing as an easy job by Kikuko Sumura. I was originally going to pick that because not a lot, not, not a lot of action happens in the book. Uh, and he <laughs> uh, mentioned that they, they're okay with that. They kind of, they kind of like that. But then I thought, no, let's challenge ourselves here. So uh, I ended up going with A Tale for the Time Being by Ruth Ozeki. And it was published, uh, I think, in 2013. And I didn't notice on Fiona's Goodreads that they had previously read it. So I, I felt like in terms of what Fiona likes, it did tick a bunch of boxes. It's set in Canada. Uh, it, it's emotionally evocative. Um, it gives you feelings. It has a, a nun in it, a Buddhist nun, which you tuned into a previous episode. Uh, you would have found out alongside of us that Fiona digs nuns. So it had that going for it. And also it was available in audiobook format. Yeah, I, I thought it might be a bit of a different read for Fiona though, because of um, sort of the catalyst of the story, uh, which is a girl in Japan, a teenage girl named Mao, is being bullied. It, it's gone to the point where it's very harrowing for her. And she doesn't, doesn't like her life and doesn't like life in general and ends up channeling her thoughts into a handwritten journal writing in Japanese. And then on the other side, of the world on the west coast of BC, an author, funny enough, named Ruth, sees this Hello Kitty lunchbox wash up uh, on the shore and she opens it and inside is Nao's journal and um, other artifacts. And so the two are linked as time beings, 
with their two individual stories coming together. And we don't know at that time what has happened to now. So I thought Fiona might not be too crazy about the premise of it. It does deal with bullying. It does deal with uh, thoughts of suicide, suicidal ideations. But at the same time, it's, it's very uplifting. The author puts a lot of herself into it. So I felt that it was a good balance. So if Fiona could work past the premise of it, um, and also the whole uh, metaphysical, partly uh, spiritual, partly religious uh, time being uh, thing with Zen Buddhism, which I don't think she really reads those types of books to begin with. So I figured if she could make it past those aspects of the story, then a real treat for Fiona. Wonderful. Thank you, Liz. All right. Well, my book that I uh, chose to select for Fiona, I actually, the second that we decided that we were going to do these episodes, whenever that was, I feel like it was back in the fall of 2020, I knew what, what book I wanted to pick for Fiona. Now, my my dreams were shortly dashed because we then put the caveat on it that it could not be a book that had already been talked about on Keep It Fictional. So I immediately wanted to suggest the book Legendborn for Fiona because I absolutely love the book. It touches on a few things that I think that they would enjoy, but it is sort of more genre more fantasy-esque than they tend to go towards. So that was my original pick for Fiona. But of course, I have talked the book to death on this podcast. Um, so it did not make a lot of sense to pick that one. So when I went to select for Fiona, I the tactic that I took was to focus on the hashtag own voices aspect of books um, and to try and find something that might again was outside of the genre but had that kind of own voices spin on it um, that I know Fiona does enjoy. So the book that I ended up choosing um, was actually another retelling. So Legendborn is a King Arthur retelling. This one is called Blanca and Roja by Anna Marie McLemore and it is a retelling of a Tchaikovsky ballet, uh, Swan Lake, and it involves two sisters. One fair and kind of lighthearted and the classic good good sister and one dark and the classic not good sister. And so Anna-Marie McLemore, a lot of their books take a Latinx spin to things. And so that is what they have put into this story as well. It is a Latinx take on the Swan Lake story. They write a lot of own voices work, either focusing on the Latinx community or on the LGBTQ community. And so this book has that Latinx own voices story to it. These two sisters are, they belong to a family that is unfortunately cursed and they are connected to this kind of, through a spell, they're connected to this um, group of swans in the woods. And one day these two sisters will kind of both of them, their fates will be decided and one of them will stay human and one of them will be uh, turned into a swan and have to live out their lives as a swan. Uh, so that is kind of the premise of the story. And so Anna-Marie McMore has kind of taken that that story and, and put this Latinx spin to it. Um, there's some romance. There are two young men that enter the story and complicate this curse and the spell and the fate of the two sisters as well. So I was hoping that 
even though I know Fiona doesn't read a ton of fantasy, I was desperately trying to remember what their feelings were on retellings. Um, I could not remember, but I don't think they said they hated them. So I'm hoping that that it was uh, it was an okay match that there would be kind of enough kind of own voices retelling type story in in the book that would that would still draw them in while introducing them uh, to something a bit more fantasy aspect. Um, and again, I know that they have started to read some more romance, so kind of introducing those romance aspects into it as well. So I am sure that Fiona knew that that was mine. I'm pretty sure they said that mine, they knew 100%. Um, I have talked about the author on this podcast as well before, so it was probably a pretty, pretty easy guess. Um, but I know that uh, Virginia, your choice might be a similar book. Hmm. And was it Fiona that said they don't like swans or is it ducks? Oh. Because I remember like there was one episode and somebody was talking about ducks or swans. We'll find out from Fiona maybe. Yeah, there's definitely a bird aversion. Right? There's a yeah. bird thing. Going but on. I know that they do have their own army of crows. Yeah. So. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so yes, I also did a retelling and same with Sadie. We we're both like, what are their feelings about retelling again? And even just that episode, I don't think they're very clear about that. So I guess we will find out. So I did pick another retelling. So I chose, like I said, there were so many books that I was like, I want to pick this over on anyway. But I end up choosing a book called The Mary Spinster Tales of Everyday Horror. Now, right away, you're like, okay, genre book, uh-uh, not Fiona. Horror, also totally not Fiona. So I wouldn't be surprised if they got the book and just like shove it in the freezer and like dying to return it. I, I get it. I get it. If that's what they did, I, I totally understand. But as we said earlier, I think there is a dark side to Fiona's reading life. Not to Fiona, Fiona's reading life. Because I still remember them talking about turnip babies in The Tiny Wife by Andrew Kaufman. So I feel like they can tolerate some darkness, I think. And I think this collection of stories is more kind of that dark side of horror because there's many different kinds of horror this is not like really body horror but more like the darker side the weirder side of things so I feel like Fiona may 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 be able to give it a chance also of course they are short stories because we know Fiona loves short stories so again I thought well maybe they would be like okay well I'll read one and see how it goes maybe find the shortest one so maybe maybe so not knowing how they felt about retellings I, I don't no, we'll find out. But the stories are in there. They are kind of inspired by a lot of them by fairy tales. And I remember Fiona saying that they like Hans Christian Andersen, but they have complicated feelings about Brothers Grimm tales. And of course, most of these are Brothers Grimm. So either they have further complicate those feelings, or they may have helped resolve some of them. Because I think what Daniel M. Lavery did with this collection is they kind of took those. I, I feel like when I was reading them, I'm like, they're like, okay, well, that part of this fairy tale doesn't make sense. So I'm going to give a different reasoning for that. I'm going to give a different story for that. So I feel like that might have helped kind of figure some of those really messed up fairy tales out. So we'll see. But not only did they take fairy tales, they also took stories from the Bible, stories from Shakespeare, and of course, some children's literature. And being a children's librarian, I thought Fiona may appreciate them. 
my favorite story in this collection is definitely the one with the Velveteen Rabbit. So that might have scarred her for life. I don't know. But the Velveteen Rabbit one was so good. There's also a story um, that are inspired by like Frog and Toad of Friends, which is also great. And also Wind in the Willow. So I think maybe because they'll probably be familiar with these tales. So Fiona might, might give those a try. And of course, Daniel M. Lavery is a trans author. So that fits into one of those five terms, you know, in Fiona list earlier. And so, you know, you know that they're going to tackle all these tales in From Deadlands and really create like a collection that really talks about like gender, different identity and really, really did all, all that. And, and so I think this is like a really like subversive, dark, but also funny kind of collection. And as Charlie Jane Anders said, they are so good at finding the places in fairyland where all the bodies are buried and that this collection will ruin your most loved fables in the best possible way. So I feel like Fiona loves seeing things in a new light, right? So maybe, maybe. Um, but again, it is a horror collection. So we will see. That is such a good pick. Um, if you want to treat yourself, one of my favorite pieces of writing of all time is Daniel uh, Lavery's I Am the Horrible Goose That Lives in the Town, um, which is about the horrible goose game, but told from the point of view of the goose. And it's honestly one of the best pieces of writing I have ever encountered. Well, thank you to all of the panel for letting us know what books you selected. And I think that it might be time for us to bring in Fiona. Fiona, are you there to join us? I'm here. <laughs> Hello, Fiona. Hello. Welcome to your podcast. What was it, what has it been like to sit there and uh, so Fiona has been able to hear and see all of us um, as we've been talking about these books, and as we've been talking about uh, their reading tastes. What has it been like for you? What was that experience like to sit and, and hear everyone talk about you? Thrilling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so funny. I've just been like laughing my head off. Um, you all know me really well. Uh, I don't think I've ever felt so seen in my life. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we are going to now take some time before we get to Fiona's pick. We're going to take a little bit of time to get to know Fiona. So uh, these questions Virginia came up with. So thank you, Virginia. And uh, Fiona has had the chance to take a look at them uh, prior to today. But we are going to ask Fiona a couple of questions just to learn a little bit more about their reading tastes and their reading habits. So Fiona, for the first question, I would like to know, what is a book that actually made you laugh out loud? Um, Tina Fey's Bossy Pants um, just made me laugh so hard. Like, uh, I'm sure that it's a little bit older and there's probably new like autobiographies by comics that are like a little more woke, but at the time it just cracked me up. And did you listen to it as an audiobook or did you read that one? You know, I actually think that I did just read that one. Maybe it's time to revisit in an audiobook format. I, I imagine she probably does her own narration. All right. So, on the opposite end of that, what is a book that made you cry? A lot of books make me cry. <laughs> and I'd like to cry during books. Um, but there is a little board book uh, by Richard Van Camp 
called We Sang You Home about just about babies being born and brought into the world. And even just like thinking about it right now, I want to cry. Um, I gave it to my brother when my uh, niece was born and it made him cry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, going back to your teenage years, what is a book that you wish you had read during your teenage years or on the opposite, like, or not the opposite, but on another way of looking at what is a wish you book you wish you had access to during your teenage years? I really struggled with this question and I didn't actually come up with an answer. Um, I think I wish that I read for pleasure when I was a teen because I just didn't even, even if a book was there, I wouldn't have read it. <laughs> So, you know, I really, there's so many great um, LGBTQ plus books now for teens. I'm sure there were then too, but <laughs> yeah, maybe not as much. Um, yeah, but I couldn't come up with a specific one. All right. What is a classic book that you hate? Peter Pan. <laughs> um, I love all things like Peter Pan adaptation. Uh, and I was so disappointed when I went back and read it starts out so whimsical and then you can't really get over the like really racist depiction of Tiger Lily and her tribe uh and then like Peter Pan's also just a jerk not like a not like a fun jerk just a jerk (laughs) very fair yeah all right and our final question for Fiona what is an upcoming book that you are excited about John, uh, the late John Lewis is putting out a um, follow-up series to his trilogy graphic novel, March, uh, called Run, which takes place uh, after that. And it's got the same creative team, Andrew Aiden, uh, Nate Powell, and then with Elle Fury. Um, And I'm hoping that they got to make that a trilogy before uh, John Lewis passed away, but the first one is coming out. I am so excited. Well, thank you, Fiona, for letting us get to know you a little bit more. Well, the time has come for us to see which book Fiona picked today. Fiona, put us out of our misery. Let us know which one you selected. Okay, I'm so excited. I feel like it's my birthday. Let's start with The 99% Invisible City. Well, okay, wait. First of all, I, I finished two of them, and I have the intention to read all of them. I was so grateful for to have this like just diversity of different kinds of books thrown at me. I had such a great week just because I had so much good reading material. This book, which I thought came from Liz, was extremely thoughtfully put on my desk like a month before the deadline because it's that. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to break Kareen's heart, but I actually didn't finish it. But I have every intention of buying it because, like you said, it is a great coffee table book. Um, The way I've been reading it is just to open it up and uh, read a section. It's fascinating. And you are about to see stories everywhere you, everywhere, you beautiful nerd. I feel like... When I saw this page, it just like, I felt seen by this book. Uh, That's what I want. I want just to go everywhere and just feel curious about everything and feel like I know something about it. Also, my best friend is a developer. My brother is an urban planner. And 
uh, my exes are just like a list of civil engineers. <laughs> so I really have like a passing interest in city design and I love being an armchair enthusiast of it. And look at the great visuals in this book. It's so like just well broken up uh, with headers and excellent diagrams. So thank you, Kareem. I really enjoyed that pick. Okay, the Mary Spinsters. <laughs> this I thought was from Kareem. And again, I didn't finish this one, but as Virginia suspected, uh, I have been reading them out of sequence. <laughs> so I read quite a few of them and I'm excited to put it beside my bed to have one before bed every time. And I'm also very grateful to have been um, introduced to Daniel M. Lavery uh, because I've been checking out his uh, stuff from The Toast. Um, I can't wait to read texts from Jane Eyre. And yeah, I really appreciated the approach to retellings. So here's, here's a big reveal. I do not like retellings, especially in a YA context. <laughs> but I'm really interested in fairy tales and have this like, love-hate relationship with them. They don't make any sense, and yet they're so like persistent. Um, and I really appreciated the pr approach to this, to like making some sense of them. Um, there's the one called the, the Frog's Princess. And first of all, it's a daughter. Uh, he uses he, him pronouns, uh, which is really neat to read. And then in the end, I think in the Frog Prince, she throws him against the wall because she doesn't want to sleep with him. But he's a frog and he's like, you have to. Um, and then he turns into a prince. Um, and in this one, he doesn't turn into a prince. And I really felt like it was getting at that, like, that expectation for women that by being beautiful, they automatically owe people something. And that if a man does a favor, it's never just a favor. Uh, there's expectations. And even though it was still a sad ending, uh, it totally pointed that out about that particular tale. Oh, plus, I loved that, um, that he incorporates other like biblical um, references and uh, like frog and toad, uh, like uh, such a great take on retellings. Okay, now we come to Lenka and Roja. So another retelling. I knew this was definitely from Sadie. <laughs> it's YA. And uh, I picked it up kind of reluctantly because like I said, I would never, I'd never gravitate towards uh, YA retelling. Like if there's a big reason, not something else going on, um, I might pick it up, uh, but this is not one I usually pick up off the shelf. So I feel like this is definitely the least likely for me to pick up on my own. And I read a couple of chapters and I was like, okay, cool. Uh, this is neat. I probably won't finish it. Then I got to the chapter about one of the male characters, Paige, or one of the boy characters. Um, and he is gender diverse and transmasculine. And he has some variety in pronouns. Uh, so while he, I, he identifies as a, a boy, uses she pronouns and he pronouns. And there's a lot of explanation, exploration with her development or his, her relationship with other characters and how she communicates that to them and how they like respect that. Um, so I really, really appreciated that. And I thought this was such a thoughtful pick. It's all, the plot is like a little bit 
all up and down and all over the place, but the characters were so strong. Um, and even the ones that I didn't like in the beginning, uh, I ended up really loving by the end. So I'm definitely gonna pick up some more of her work. And I really appreciated the own voice aspect of it. And she has a really great note in the end about just why uh, this book was written, uh, wanting to talk about being Latina and being dark skinned and dark haired. And then also uh, her partner um, who's gender diverse and really wanting to include that. So I really, really love this book and didn't necessarily expect to. Okay. And then we come to A Tale for the Time Being, which was Liz's pick. And I am so grateful for this book. I feel like it's going to be like a lasting book. For me. And just especially because it was in that audiobook format. I thought it was from Virginia because she specifically asked if she could um, just send me like the, oh, can, if it's available, can I just print it out, put it on your desk, which is what. Liz did. So I'm sure it's from Virginia. But as I was reading it, I was thinking, wow, this is really a Liz book. And it was just absolutely beautiful. And there were a lot of things that like sometimes for me can just be like a big no in reading, uh, like bullying, suicide, rape, but none of it was like voyeuristic at all. And that was very much what the book was about. Uh, it was about exploring through these, these things. I'm really interested in Japanese culture uh so the like aspect of now being from Japan uh was very relevant for me and the fact that her great-grandma is a nun was so cool I love like intergenerational relationships and she's this like wise nun um who and now is like a total mess uh but she texts with her great-grandma who is this Buddhist nun and it's adorable and charming and it also had that like um, multi-generational aspect. We get her story, her dad's story, uncle's story, and her great uncle's story, who was a kamikaze pilot in World War II. And then her great grandma, uh, Ojiko, or her Ojiko. And then we also have Ruth's story. Ruth, whose name is the same as the author, and whose husband is the same name as the author's. Um, so I really liked that sort of like, dipping into like crossing over fact and fiction. Um, that was really cool. And the, the metaphysical part was really, really fun and interesting. And the whole thing is read by the author, which was just fantastic uh, because she really knew exactly how she wanted things to sound. But at the end she says, uh, and don't forget to check out the physical copy because it has diagrams and drawings. Uh, so I think that, you know, and, and part of it was about like parallel worlds and how like, I don't know, just being open to possibility. Uh, so I really like that duality of like, we have the audio book and the physical book and both are good. Keep your possibilities open. So I actually think I'm going to go out and buy the physical copy because I really, really loved it. Oh. <laughs> so now I feel like you know even more about my reading habits, um, but obviously like you all nailed it. So I don't know how much more there is to know. <laughs> but as we said, Fiona, you are a reading enigma. So I feel like sometime down the road in a few months, we're going to come across something that you read and you bring to this group and we're all just going to be, huh, <laughs> all right. 
I think, I think you're going to keep surprising us. I do. Well, and I wanted to say that through um, all of your guidance, I have, you know, started to appreciate genre fiction and I've been reading more mystery and more romance. Um, so uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm open to, to learning and changing and also uh, just being random sometimes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I look forward to the randomness and look forward to the picks that, that you will bring to us. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in for the Fiona Palooza, Fiona Gadza, Fiona Fest, Fiona Gala today, our episode all about Fiona. Uh, it was so much fun to pick books for you. It was so much fun to hear why everyone selected the books and then also to hear your process of, of reading them all. And it looks like you have have discovered some books that that will stay with you. So. Now I can't wait to update my Goodreads. <laughs> Yay! How many stars did she actually get to that? Hmm. Oh yeah, that's hmm. true. Yeah. <laughs> We're not Goodreads stalkers. We wouldn't be checking those things. <laughs> Excellent. Well, does anyone have any final words for Fiona or to Fiona before we sign off for today? We said all the good words. We said all the good words. And you have a great ending. Keep it random, Fiona. Keep it random. Keep it random. Love it. it could be the offshoot of Keep It Fictional, a new podcast. Ooh, keep it random. <laughs> Ooh, a little spinoff. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today to another episode of Keep It Fictional. We will be back next week with a uh, another non-recommendation episode. Um, going to have to check what we are talking about next week but anthologies anthologies <laughs> we will be back next week to talk about anthologies some of us possibly more excited than others <laughs> we will see how it all plays out uh if you can do the simple math you will realize we do have one final recommendation episode to go so tune in in a couple weeks to learn who selected which books for Virginia. All right, everyone, have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, please tell a fellow book lover about it. You can find a list of all the books we discussed in our show notes. Join us next week for another fun book chat. Until then, keep it fictional.